Hello, Scotty. Well, hello, Scotty. It's so nice to have you join me on this call. Hello, Scotty. Hello, John. I, I'm trying to remember what the response was. There we are. That's Barbara Streisand, wasn't it? I thought you did a very good impression. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, I guess so. Hello, darling. <laughs> yes, so there we are. John, your your um uh your level of talent is limited. <laughs> <laughs> Not by shame. <laughs> no, no, no. Your your level of shame is limitless without that. <laughs> but there we are. But there we are. John, and, and I believe you've um you've even moved to a different state from which to sing to me this um this this I week. So well, maybe we should set you a task of singing to me from every state. Maybe so. Well, if I, if we should consider doing one in uh, you know of our more northern states, we'll have to you know see. I'll, I'll, we'll have to ask permission of Sarah Palin. I'll ask her, see what she says. Yeah, that was basically that was so bad. I think I prefer it if you sang again. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know why I'm singing? I don't know whether you can hear Chirpy the Happy Bird in the background because a difference about being in North Carolina in the spring versus, you know, San Francisco anytime is that it's sunny and perfect here <laughs> for real, actually. I mean, it, it's before the, the great, you know, humidity wave takes over and makes this place unbearable. But North Carolina in the spring is very pleasant, I have to say. There are just birds chirping and leaves leaving and, and everything's great. The leaves are leaving. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, they're being like leaves. They're being green and 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 pleasant. Um, they're leafing as opposed to leaving. It's not like right. it's not like you have arrived in North Carolina and all the leaves have decided to <laughs> leave. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, bloody hell! John's here. He's going to sing. Everybody out. <laughs> <Run>. <laughs> well, John, with all this uh, travel going on, I mean, have you managed to do anything um, clever and important? Um, somewhat. Somewhat. Uh, I've been struggling a little bit, um, and I've come to understand that a collection view is not a collection view, meaning that uh, there are a whole number of different ways you can you can populate it, and the, the class has been around for a while. And uh, when you have a collection view that uses compositional layout, you see some different behavior, and that's relevant because, I, I, as I think I mentioned last time, I've been adapting uh, this canvas I've been working on to some other technology, and that other technology uses compositional layouts. And um, it's, it's somewhat new to me. You know, I'm familiar with it in, in that, you know, when it was announced at DubDub however many years ago, I thought, oh, it looks pretty nice, wonderful, great, and, and I just really didn't think much of it. Um, but one thing that I'm finding, um, and I'm still struggling figuring out how to make this work, is that um, a collection view, when you when you think about what should ex its accessibility elements be, typically you think, well, there should be one for each um, cell. It, you know, it, it, in, you know, at least in the in the way that that we think about it. You know, if you think about Netflix, you know, each cell on on the homepage, the 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 Lolomo, the list of list of movies, you know, is a piece of box art. And the way that we've set it up is that that is the accessibility element. And you know, we tend to describe it by putting together a bunch of strings to be able to say what it is. Is it a title? Is it a new? You know, that's newly released. Is it a title that's in the top ten? So on and so forth. Some of the more complicated cells like. 
continue watching, you know, have things to be able to say, how much of it have you watched and would you like to start playback again or would you like to, you know, open up the display page to give more info? And so those, those are more complicated. But under any circumstances, you know, you, you land on each cell and then you take it from there, usually in the form of custom actions so that there should be enough to describe it. And then if you want to do something else, like add it to your list or begin playback or play the trailer or so on and so forth, you can go through and do that. And it's all worked and I haven't ever really had to think about it. So, but one thing I'm noticing is that if your collection view is populated and, and organized using compositional layout, it, for whatever reason, the total number of accessibility elements is, doesn't really report itself. And that's kind of important because what ends up happening is that is, you know, a typical way of navigating is that you will swipe, you know, to the right or to the left to be able to, you know, cycle through each of the different elements. And as you swipe through each element, if you have a horizontally organized collection view, you rightly expect that the, the view will scroll even if you can't see it. But so basically you could have, you know, 30 items in, 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 in your collection view and maybe the first three of them are visible on the screen. So one thing I notice is that if it's if it ain't visible on the screen, plus maybe one that's waiting in the wings, beyond that it doesn't exist, and that's kind of that sucks. It sucks in a big way because, you know, we we give a hint with, with the heading that that usually you know accompanies one of our rows, and we say, hey, you know that this is the continue watching row, and that there are thirty elements in there, thirty items in the list, and so then somebody lands on the first one, you start navigating, and then you swipe, 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 and then you come to the end. It's like, oh nope, <laughs> I've fallen off the edge of the earth. Um, so I've been experimenting and figuring out how to make that work. And as far as I can tell, what has to happen is that as you scroll each item, you basically have to force it to say, recalculate the next accessibility elements. And then that way, you know, even if it doesn't know at any time, the total extent of the number of items, it will at least keep getting the new ones. And as you swap one and to be visible, you can ask it to say, tell me again, you know, refresh yourself. And then that way, you know, it will, will know that there are more items to be found. And I was just working on that. That seems to be the approach that will work. Um, But I'm pissed off that I had to do that work. It should have just worked. Just because I was using compositional layout should, you know, somewhere someone was mean to me, Scotty, and I don't like that. Yeah, that's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I'm I'm just trying to like make sure that my my response is considered. I must be feeling ill Um, (laughs) as opposed to just answering. Yeah. yeah, your first interest is like, so what? I don't care. That's what you're paid for. I guess, yeah these these things should just work, but the reality is they very rarely do. Mm-hmm. Without some, you know, even even often. I mean, I know we're talking about you using compositional layout here, but but even sometimes, even when you're going for very basic basic things, you end up doing some work. And I remember when the collection view was released, I don't know, probably a lifetime ago now, you know, and, and it was almost like felt like it was going to be this nirvana for everything. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, and, and it did spend a few years just getting better and better and better. But I, yeah, I don't think it ever has quite reached that pinnacle that everybody was hoping it's going going to be. And, and everyone ends up, you know, whether it's like with your custom layouts or whatever it might be, everyone ends up probably writing a lot more code um, to get it to work. Or if, if it's not working, or if it's not about it just working as it's playing, you know, suddenly find, even though, as you said, stuff that's not on the screen is handled you know, differently and whatever else, you know, 
a lot of optimization code often gets written because you find it just doesn't work fast enough when it builds things on the fly or whatever else. So, yeah, it is a, a difficult one. And I'm trying to decide, am I just being unreasonable by saying that it should be better by now? Because at the end of the day, it is actually very good at quite a lot of things. Um, so I'm just trying to decide, is it, is it being reasonable or unreasonable to demand more? Well, I, well, this is the funny thing is, like, you know, uh, since you and I have both been around a while, you know, we were there when Collection View was the new hotness. In fact, I remember being at WWDC and I remember tweeting snarkily that NS Collection View was last found, you know, sobbing on the floor because um, NS Collection View is not nearly as good as UI Collection View. Um, and everybody was like going, wow, that's the new hotness. And then everybody decided that, you know, there was no reason to use anything else. And, you know, fuck the UI table view because it has its own sets of problems. But, in fact, there were things still for, for which it worked. I, I found it easier to work with if, if you really were, you know, doing a vertical scrolling list. Um, but I think then you fast forward, it's been around for a couple of years, and then you start seeing dub dub sessions and descriptions like the modern way to use UI collection view is to adapt compositional layout. And and so you think, okay, I want to be modern, I want to do this thing, but I can't help but think it's like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, you end up doing this stuff. And meanwhile, in the background, there's, <laughs> you know, um, uh, Swift UI is like, well, okay. At what point do we abandon UI kit, and and is the time when <laughs> when when you think that you've managed and figure out all the, the 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 strange things that you have to do to make you know things in UI kit work well, and everybody's been promised that Swift UI is going to solve all these problems. We'll never have to think about, it. and in particular, the big promises were made with 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 accessibility. I found that they don't quite live up to, to some of the advertisement. And it, and the problem is, that in, in general, you know, once you start caring about it, there's kind of no turning back because there's nothing worse, I think, to, than having worked hard to establish a baseline in the app. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a new feature is added and then it breaks, you know, and, and, and that can easily happen on a team, you know. And, and, and I've come to understand that some companies, that basically the way they work around it, uh, is that they just have people whose only job is just constantly working on accessibility. And I, nobody, I, I, I think maybe some people want to do that, but generally speaking, I don't. I don't want to exclusively work on this. I enjoy the particular challenge. It is an area of expertise, but I don't live to to, to just do that and, and go around, you know, re-implementing things or, or keeping things up to date. I just have advocated saying this is important, solves lots of other problems and and. and you know, working hard to 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 up level everybody on the team as as best I can, and and I think so far with some success. And not all, yeah. One of the one of the things about iOS was always, you know, look at all these amazing young developers who are doing stuff in their bedroom um, right. and producing these great apps, and that should include accessibility. Mm-hmm. And if to make accessibility work in um, something as um, I'm going to say standard as a collection view. No, I appreciate you can get incredibly complex UI out of a collection view. Um, so I'm, I'm not pretending this is easy by any means at all. But you know, th- those people don't have someone who they can dedicate no. to doing accessibility. So if Apple or any any you know we're talking about Apple, but you know it could be Google with Android or whoever. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, wish accessibility to be at the center of their offering, they need to make sure that that those, you know, who are on big teams can still get this stuff done properly. Or, or 
just be honest and say actually iOS now is so complex that you need a team and you know as much as we loved our era of the bedroom developer you know those days are, are gone um because otherwise it's being a bit disingenuous to say look you know um you know Molly who's 7 and learning this stuff in school can do iOS development no she can't if accessibility is part of it and it's has to be done differently and it's too difficult you know um you know good on molly for doing it it's seven and making great apps but you know uh, yeah, that's not a criticism of all the mollies of the world that's a criticism of the uh it, it should be available and especially if you're going to tout it as one of your features you know uh, that's apple you know it's one of the frameworks features is accessibility it should work mm-hmm. yep uh, well i i can lodge one more complaint and then i'll leave it at that so um and that has, it, it's a kind of expanding on what I was talking about last week is how do you communicate to somebody who uses voiceover, you know, how you should navigate a, a particular view. And that's even more complicated if you have two dimensions, right? You know, a Lolomo, a list of list of movies, you can scroll up and down, and then you have horizontal scrolling lists. And so you want people to know that that's, you know, that's what's going on. So you have to be able to explain it to people and you, you can't, you know, Apple always says, and I agree, you know, you can't just, you, you can't be completely literal. You can't just have like a, a two sentence, you know, or rather two paragraph description of like, hi, welcome to this screen of the app to navigate. You know, there's a list of list of, of, of scrolling, you know, items and you can't. So, and as it concerns horizontally scrolling collection views, um, there are two ways you could navigate it. There are accessibility scroll gestures and, and you can get them to work both ways. And so there you can imagine, well, that's kind of intuitive. You could, you know, do a, 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 a an accessibility scroll up or down or from side to side. And that's, that's, uh, that's one thing, but how do you communicate to somebody that that's what to do? The, the other common way is you just kind of blindly move your finger across the screen. It will read what's under there. But let's say that you've reached the edge of a screen. If you do, if, if you try to navigate it that way, how do you know that there are more items, right? That whole idea about having to communicate that, yes, there's more to be seen is one of the trickier things. And where I've, I've landed on it is I just believe that, that, you know, the, 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 that it's incumbent on us as developers to make sure that we make it so that as you swipe left or right, you're just basically going through all the different items that all the accessibility elements in a contained view of some sort. So if that's your collection view, if you got 40 items on there and three are visible time, if you do a single finger swipe to the, to, to the left, it should advance until you get to the end. And ideally, you know, if you, if you don't go back, that should then jump to the, the next item in the, in the grid. But, you know, again, with, with these types of things, you can, it's like arguing what's a good design, you know, that people will differ for differ about it. Um, but I think that that is one of the tricky things. And the reason I bring this up is that then the question comes down is, should the gestures match, you know, match how it works for a sighted user? Like if, you know, because in the, there, there is a, a pretty famous, well, I don't know, famous. So there was a, a complicated WWDC session about about how to make a collection view which scrolls horizontally, you know, work properly. 
And and this is Apple saying, well, the way to do it is to make it adjustable, in which case you're navigating by swiping up and down. Like, if, I don't know if you ever used VoiceOver to, you know, manipulate a slider. You focus on it and it will announce itself as adjustable. And that's the, you know, for somebody who uses VoiceOver, then they know the gesture is swipe up to increment and swipe down to decrement. And so the idea of swiping up to increment a long scrolling list, to me, feels kind of weird. But who am I to say? Maybe maybe that really is the best way of doing it. But that just it it, 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 it I don't know. It's stuff is complicated. I I always kind of thought it's like oh it's not that complicated. It's, it's like actually it can get very complicated very quickly. And that's where I am right now. So thank God I'm in North Carolina where the leaves are leafing and the birds are singing. The so Scotty, over to you. Yeah, no, I'm just uh, it's again, isn't it? Um, I I you know I've used voiceover from the point of view of testing something or having a play with something but i think it is you know it, it's often you know that experience is very different to someone who is a pro at this stuff right so you know my example might be you know if you are a if you're a two-fingered typist you know you know, you know one finger on each hand um then you know maybe sort of a certain layout on your keyboard is not going to affect the speed at which you type. Whereas if you're a seventy word a minute typist, you know maybe the slightest imperfection is going to you know take ten percent, fifteen percent, or even make it impossible for you to type. So I think one of the problems, you know, someone like myself you know, and lots of developers might have is as not you know as someone who wants to use voiceover to show something but he, but is not a, a voiceover user you know w- what we consider works may be virtually impossible to use for the person who's you know um even though it's it's doing the voice you know it might be because of something we've done in the implementation or where we've implemented it or how we've done it you know it might be just next to useless for someone who's relying on it all the time and you know you, you've you've seen you know well you've seen more than most people you know demos of, of a voiceover user just using a phone at such high speed using voice the voiceover stuff um the yeah <laughs> whereas for you know, someone like myself is like, I'm stopping to think about everything that's been said and where it is. And therefore, these sort of like UI imperfections may not affect me, but they'll affect someone else. So it's very hard to comment, really. Yeah. Well, Scotty, um, I will I will relieve you of the need to comment on, on, on my doings. Allow me to comment on your doings by telling me what you've been doing. Tell me, share me, share. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a, I think I might be in the same sort of position we were last week with sort of dealing on the Moneywell side of things, you know, so we're, we're out in beta. Uh, I think we probably have about 80, 100 people using the app now in beta. And, and on the whole, it's, it's going um, pretty well. And, yeah, we get the old bug report of someone saying, yeah, sometimes people are reporting stuff that's already in the existing app. We've not added it. It's just there. They've just been using it. The normal thing that comes in a beta cycle. But just occasionally you get, um, you know, you get someone who comes along and says, right, okay, uh, I created a new budget and I switched it on on a second Mac and now I have five copies of everything. You know, know, a typical syncing problem. And, you know, one of these people was particularly helpful and they sent us the file and indeed there were five copies of everything. And, you know, there were some... You know, the field in the core data file that's called unique ID had the same unique ID in five records for 
<laughs> different things. And, and we, we, we're still working on us now. We haven't worked out how this is happening. Um, it's only happening as far as we're aware for this one person. Um, and as I said last week, I think, you know, finding how sync happens, the issues happen is very difficult. It might have just been down to a circumstance at a certain moment in time that causes this to happen that will only happen again when you repeat the circumstance. And if we get this person to clear everything off of their machine and start again, it may not even happen for them. But it did raise, you know, it, it, it does raise the question. We'll say, well, it's only one person and we've not heard anyone else say this. But like if it's one person out of, you know, 100, let's just pick a nice right number. You know, that's, you know, that is that really like 1%? Is is it really a freak nature, or is it one percent? Because if it is one percent, and then you release it to, you know, a, a thousand people, you're going to get ten. If you release it to ten thousand people, you're going to get a hundred, and you know that then becomes more, more serious. And I don't know what different, you know, you, different people will have different thresholds to bug reporting. Um, you know, I'm sure there are some large companies that unless they've heard the same bug report, you know, a thousand times, then it's not even going to make its way up the list. Whereas you know, there'll be other indie developers that the first time a bug report comes in, it'll be, oh, my word, my my app has a bug. How do I fix it? Um, so, yeah, so one of, one of the things we're experiencing is, other than, as I said last week, debugging sync when using our iCloud as your back end, where you have no view into what's going on, um, is um, difficult. Yeah, I mean, we we, we use ensembles. So the actual syncing mechanism we know is tried and tested because lots of apps out there use ensembles. Um, So we're pretty confident in the engine. Not saying ensembles won't have a bug somewhere here or there. It's going to. It's software. Of course, it's got a bug in there. But it's not like we've rewritten a totally custom sync engine. Um, We do have some custom code because, you know, ensembles syncs a core data store. And we, the way we've implemented um, uh, MoneyWell is if you have multiple budgets, each one has its own core data store. So we need some mechanism by which we can identify that there are multiple budgets to be synced and what those budgets are called. So we also do use CloudKit to pass some data around so that every client can understand, okay, these are the six budgets, but but the actual... You know, all the five budgets, whatever, but the actual data syncing of the data itself is done by ensembles, which is... You know, we believe tried and tested, you know, more than we could do our own code. But this whole, you know, is this a real problem? How many people are really going to have this? Yeah. So, um, but you know, for an application such as our own, where the application is that you know not really had a major release in many many years, the user base, the current user base is, you know, the very loyal fans. Um, and there are quite a few of them, but not you know not you know not life changing numbers. Um, you know, getting a beta where you know thousands of people may actively use it in a way that is useful to work out you know how um, yeah you know, if these problems or how big these problems are and how frequent I can get is quite a challenge to us. So it's not just you know we have the black box of iCloud we have the statistically hard to judge numbers of of small numbers and the you know uncertainties of you know it's thinking is this you know this failed because it was tuesday the sun was out and you were holding an umbrella type of, type of level <laughs> so yeah so it's 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 a little frustrating 
but it's equally it's got to be done and i think yeah the, the answer will come in the end is we'll we'll look at each one of these things that comes in until we can no longer see a way of doing it and um we're just going to have to say look yeah we're just going to have to do a release and then just be brace ourselves for you know if, if we suddenly start getting hundreds and hundreds of bug reports then we know that it was more frequent than we thought um because you know you can't create numbers that don't exist so here we are sure you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can. Yeah. i think it's called accounting isn't it <laughs> No, it's called printing money. Yeah, <laughs> we do that in the United States every day. Yeah, yeah that is true. That is true. So uh, it, it's uh, in there. And, uh, yeah, and uh, on the other side um, of things this week, I've been working on a client app. It's the the app we've been um, I've been talking about for doing migration from one data format in fact one app inside the app to another app inside the app to um uh, for various reasons which i've discussed several times on the show so i went to again but anyway the the you know we're, we're pretty much ready to go with this migration code and we need to get it into qa now firstly qaing again this is almost like thinking qaing a process that only gets triggered under certain circumstances has a whole bunch of rules to when it does and doesn't get triggered and has multiple actors involved in the process, at minimum a client and a server, but it could be multiple clients um, uh, going on, is you know, an issue of, well, how do you QA this stuff? And how do you know it's working? And uh, so this week I have been um, you know, working on a whole bunch of UI that is no one is ever going to see other than the QA team. Um, so basically a, a way of um, almost a, a status board for the current progress of migration um, and showing what's going on and what statuses we're getting from the servers and, you know, um, you know what cohorts are valid for this migration and not valid for this migration and did it does this particular device pass or not pass in a way that, um, you know, that someone from QA can just turn that on uh, from a debugging menu and see all this stuff and know well that seems to have worked and this says it worked we're good or it doesn't seem to be working but this says it's working or whatever else but it is um yeah it is quite interesting how much time you know is going into and i'm not saying it's wrong that's definitely right into developing a ui that really no one is ever going to see well that that is the frustration that some people must must go through in life is doing stuff that nobody will ever care about, and I feel about that sometimes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So there. So, um, but yeah, it's so uh, it's it's interesting that both the client project I'm working on and or one of the client projects I'm working on, the one I probably spend the most time on, and money while we're sort of it 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 sort of similar frustrations or, or places for very different reasons. And, and the client app is, um, you know, is a, a totally, you know, different thing. I mean, it, it's about, you know, for us, it's about making sure that we get the, the cohorts that are going to go through migration correct, you know, and, and do this slowly because, you know, um, you know, the, the apps has, you know, tens of millions of users. And, you know, if you make a two generic cohort, to start with, you could end up sort of like, you know, trying to make migrate, you know, three million people on the first day. And if there's some problems, <laughs> you don't want <laughs> then to. Then you have three yeah. million angry people. 
the people running support were not necessarily like us. So yeah, so it's about how do we how, how do how do we create some cohorts that we believe are, are meaningful, but you know might keep us down to say a few thousand users might go through migration on the first day, or maybe even a few hundred users might go through migration on the first day, so that we can um, work this out, which is a, an interesting. Um, sort of non-coding but has to be implemented in coding challenge in the first place but so uh yeah that's 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 been my week sounds like a fine week well i will then leave you with this is like you know if you have lack of confidence or you're concerned that that something could possibly go wrong then you should crank up the money press <laughs> so that you can <laughs> whatever you can salve the wounds <laughs> like we're sorry we destroyed all your work but here's a fiver <laughs> that i photocopied this morning yes exactly (laughs) even better here's a photocopy (laughs) oh there we are you know who 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 cares if uh, your software works when you're in uh, when you're in prison (laughs) (laughs) although although i have spent some of my life writing prison software so maybe i do care if that stuff works (laughs) but there we go (laughs) we'll have to explore that another time um (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, Scotty, if people want to know. <laughs> I don't, no, I said writing prison software, not writing software in prison. Although I was oh, in prison okay. when we were implementing it. But there we are. We'll talk about it another day, maybe next time. Yes. Uh, if people want to know why I'm in prison, you're going to say. Yes. Yeah, so people, <laughs> Scotty, if people want to know why you are in prison or want to suggest reasons why you should be in prison, where might they do that? Well, you can get hold of me on Twitter as iPhotocopy Money. No, I mean as Mac Devnet. <laughs> Where um where I will um be looking looking forward to uh all of uh, all of people's um uh, ideas for how I may get in or out of prison <laughs> and John if uh, if people want to uh, uh, congratulate you once again on your your dedication to your craft and um, uh, the fact that you can make leaves leave um, hmm. should they do that. Uh, well, they should swipe right uh, <laughs> on the place where where all good behavior and all liberty exists for the expressions of people's careful careful thinking, uh, and that's Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. Excellent, and um, I think we've managed to get some of Barky the Barky failure dog in today. So um, I did notice that so <laughs> right at the point there. where you were talking about perfecting your sync code. Yes. Yes. Well, Barky, Barky, the failure dog, whose real name is Pip, by the way, um, yes, was quite ill last week and we had to take him to the vet. And we wondered if Barky, the failure dog, was even going to be around or whether he was going to go for the ultimate final fail um, last week. But but he, but he is he is still here. So um, so we so will you're see. you're changing his name to Lazarus. <laughs> yeah. Barky, the resurrection um, dog. So there we are. And with that. I'm, I'm sure if if we failed that miserably, no one will be around to want us to be resurrected. <laughs> Whoever's turn it was to put up with this this week, thanks for listening. And until next time, <laughs> you take care. Thank you.